pastor. How many is thankful for the word that's being preached? Amen. Why don't we put our hands together for the Lord as our pastor comes? Let's praise the Lord. He's the one worthy of praise. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Praise God. He is great and greatly to be praised, isn't he? I want to bring to your attention this. Fifty pastors were converted in a seminar. In a seminar. A lot of times we think that all conversions come from uh, uh, what we would consider a massive move of the Holy Ghost and people slain in the Spirit and and people out like lights. And we love all that kind of stuff. But 50 pastors were converted in a seminar. Teaching the word of God. Everybody say teaching the word of God. I got to have the word of God. I'm going to be led of the Holy Ghost. But I got to have the word of God. I've got to have it preached unto me. I've got to have it taught unto me. I've got to have it delivered unto me. In every way that it's given, I've got to have it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Isn't it good today to be in the house of the Lord? There's nothing like coming together. There's nothing entirely like coming together. For brothers and sisters to gather in the house of the Lord. I, I begin to think this morning, I uh, every once in a while I go up to Evansville and I, I get some coffee from one of those shops and I grind it up, you know. I bring it home in one of those single cup brewers and I brew it up. That, that, that coffee comes from uh, Hawaii. Yeah. And I bring the coffee from Hawaii and I put it in a cup. And then I went into my cupboard. Now some of the men will laugh at this, but I went into my cupboard and I've got some vanilla extract that come from Cozumel, Mexico. And I put a drop of that in there. I put some sugar from Jamaica in there. I put some old hard Kentucky water in there. And I came out with a really good cup of coffee. And I said that to say this, when we gather in the house of the Lord, we got a lot of differences around here. But thank God when we all get together. When we all get together. We become the Ecclesia, which is the called out body of Christ. And I want everyone to know that Ecclesia means gathering. Gathering together. Amen. There is nothing like gathering in the house of God. Praise the Lord. I give honor to all of those that are here at Praise Temple Apostolic Church. If you're guests today, we welcome you in the house. Amen. All of the, the newborns today. Wow. I love church growth. Praise the Lord. Amen. We love seeing these babies around here. God has blessed this church with some wonderful, wonderful children. And we thank God for that. Praise the Lord. I, I congratulated uh, Sister Cassie and Brother Justin this morning. And, and again, that's, that's a precious thing. Praise God. And then he had his hand on that child. And she was perfectly fine, wasn't she? And that's what we prayed for. Praise God. God is good, isn't he? All the time. Yes, he is. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke, the 16th chapter. Luke 16. Praise God. We're going to go to the 19th verse. Through the 31st verse. And I'm not going to open in reading text today. I hope that's okay. Because I'm going to cover the text through as we study this morning the Word of God. I want to teach on something that is not taught on a lot. And needs to be taught more than what it's taught about. But in Luke 16... The Bible tells us of two men, Lazarus and a rich man. And it tells us about a place called hell. 
And I want to talk to all of us today about this, the attractions of hell. The attractions of hell. I want you to know that, that I don't expect altar running around here or, or, or running the aisles. And maybe altar running is what we need. Amen. And uh, today, if, if you get up and you cheer the preacher on, God bless you. But I want you to know that I've come to preach the word regardless of what anybody's response to that word is. Because the Lord told me to. I need the Word of God. I said I need the Word of God. So why don't we do this? Why don't we lift our hands right now and let's thank God for the Word that we're about to receive. Lord, we love you today. We praise you today. We bless you. We magnify you today, Lord, for all of your presence that is in this place, God. That presence which is so rich and real and sweet and beautiful that we feel that touches hearts, Lord, and leads men to God. We thank you for the word, but Lord, your spirit, but we thank you also for your word. And I pray, God, that you, Lord, would deliver this word to us and that you would plant it deeper than our hearts today, God, to make us aware, Lord, that there is a heaven and a hell. God, I pray today that you speak unto us, Lord, that you have your will and way in this house. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. You can be seated today. Praise the Lord. Of all of the scripture today that we could read, Luke 16 is probably some of the most sobering scripture that you could read. In Matthew 13, it tells us that Jesus spoke in parables to reveal the kingdom to his own. But I'm going to submit that the story of the rich man and Lazarus is no parable. But it's a true happening. How do we know? Because he goes beyond a certain rich man and he mentions a man specifically. What am I saying today? There really was a rich man and Lazarus really did exist. And I'm going to say this today. There still is a rich man. And there still is a Lazarus. And I'm going to tell us all why. Because we are made eternal creatures. Amen. This old Adamic nature that lives on the inside of us. That we inherit from our father Adam. That we feel that we will never die. Is absolutely true. Because we were birthed, we were planted, and we were put here to be eternal. Amen. With Him. So I want everybody to know this, that though the body perishes, the soul lives on. Amen. You will spend eternity somewhere. Somewhere. Amen. The Bible tells us here in verse 19... There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and he fared sumptuously every day. Now we would finger point at that, some of us would, and we would talk of the the riches and the things that are detrimental to men's health spiritually. Amen. But I want to bring some things out about the rich man that we might not have considered No doubt this man's name was known to those around him that day. I would suppose that he was very well known in his community. Why? Because he was a rich man clothed in purple, of fine raiment, and he fared sumptuously. So he may have had a good name. He may have had also an honest name among those that he worked with and that he dwelled with. But for the purpose of the story of this happening, not parable, but this happening, Jesus did not give us his name. It just says a certain rich man. Now, it might be that in the process of that, in Jesus not giving us his name, it might be that we could assimilate with the rich man. That we could look and do a comparison of the rich man 
and us and see what likenesses that we could find in the rich man and ourselves. And I know that we would say, well, I'm not rich, Brother Cook. I, I don't have a lot of money. And, 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 and there, there's no real money to look at here in this individual. And I don't think that I need to compare myself to the rich man. I would argue otherwise today. And I, I would tell us all, amen, that we need to look at the rich man and examine his life. Why? Because this rich man went to a place I didn't want to go to. And he went to a place he didn't want to go to. Amen. And before we would object to being compared to the rich man, let me ask us a few questions. Do we have good clothes on this morning? Do we possess fine linen and fine things? Now, some would argue that you don't, but I would argue that we all do. Are we well fed today? Well, that's pretty obvious. Look around. <laughs> Me being the cheapest. Amen. We're all taken care of. Matter of fact, we can all go to our cupboard and pretty well get out whatever we want, can't we? So... In doing the comparison between Lazarus and the rich man, I would ask us today, who are we more like? It's all right to say it. Who are we more like? The rich man. Now that tells me here that I need to do some examination in my life to make sure that I don't make the same mistakes that the rich man made. I'm going to submit today that most of us here have a lot of likenesses like the rich man. In verse 20 it tells us, and there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate, full of sores, desiring to be fed, which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. In this scripture, the Bible does not tell us that it was the king's gate. Or the sheep's gate. Or the gate called beautiful where John and Peter laid hands on the man and raised him up. It was his gate. I'm just going to teach this morning. I want us to understand today that, that Lazarus evidently had made his way. And the Bible doesn't say they laid him at the gate. So we can assume that Lazarus had nobody. Lazarus simply got to the gate. And Lazarus had been at the gate for so long, Brother Forbes, that the gate became known as his gate. I would imagine when people gave a description of what entrance to go into the city, they would say, well, you can't miss it. There's a man by the name of Lazarus at that gate that is a pitiful mess. It became his gate because he stayed in that place for so long that he assimilated as it's assimilated as his gate. Now I would ask us today, I mean, how many of us have been in a cycle of stuff for so long that we feel like we've been laid at a gate? Amen. And, 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 and it could be that, that we look at the problem that we're going through. And we might assimilate this as our problem and say, well, you know, that's Brother Cook's problem right there. You know, he, he, he has this issue in his life. And, and maybe another one has that kind of issue going on in their life. And maybe another one has another issue. And what's happened is this, that in the process of that, amen, they began to own the problem. The problem became theirs. The problem became their gate. Amen. Let me tell us today. I believe today that God wants to deliver some from your gate today. My God. I believe today that God wants to pull some away from your sitting place. From your wretched place. From your hurting place. From your wounded place. My, I didn't come in here to preach today. Amen. But I want to tell us. Amen. That, that if we're not careful, we'll get stuck at the gate. And the gate will become known as our gate, our problem. Amen. What's wrong with that man? Watch his issue. That's his gate. It's funny that it's 
gates, things come in and go out. In this scripture, the Bible doesn't tell us it was the king's gate or the sheep's gate or the gate called beautiful. It was his gate. Lazarus had lain in his decrepit state for so long that the gate became known as his gate. For those of us that may feel stuck in our situation, I want you to look at the life of Lazarus. Does anybody in here have problems? Issues? Baggage? Amen. Things that you want changed about your life? Every hand in this place ought to be raised. Amen. Now, now some may be satisfied in your place, but I want you to know Philip Cook is not. Amen. I'm always trying to become better, and I believe that if I live spiritually, there's always going to be a hand stuck up in the air. Amen. When, when, when I'm asked that question, Sister Hussey, I, just, I want to get better. Amen. I, I want to get better. I, I, I've got to become a better listener. I, 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 there, there's some things about my life that needs to be fixed. Amen. And let me tell you, if it's about me, it's about you too. Amen. So I want us to see today and understand this. Amen. That, that, that we've got to understand that this man was stuck at his gate. Amen. And he was hungry. He was ridden with putrid sores just looking for the crumbs. From the rich man's table and the only companion that he had were the dogs that I believe the Lord sent by to lick his wounds. Now some would think how terrible that would be. But I want you to know that was the only companionship that Lazarus had. That in his time of need and in his time of, of, of desire, in his time of want, God at least allowed dogs to come by and to lick his wounds. Some would say, how in the world can such pitifulness live in a world of saints? How in the world can such a sinful world be out there when we've got a church that's glorious and people that understand the word of God and people that are blessed of God and people that are faring sumptuously? Now, let me tell us all this today that we need to understand that we were made and created in the likeness of our master. Of our creator whose name is Jesus. Amen. And the Bible tells us this. That he is the head of the body and we are the body. Amen. So if we could understand today why there's a lot of that kind of business going on outside of the four walls of the church. Let me tell us today. Could it be that some of us need to take responsibility of some things? Amen. I'm going to tell you that one of the worst dangers that we as apostolic people live, and it's this, and please hear me carefully today, that we live in our own little world. And as long as me and mine make it to heaven, everything will be fine. Well, let me tell you usually what happens with that process. Noah worked hard to save him and his. But in the end, the lineage came through one son. And because of a mistake that Noah made, he lost another son that became accursed in the world. So I want to tell you today that we all need each other. Every one of us, we need each other. We need to understand some things today. The Bible goes on to tell us, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by angels into Abraham's Bosom. Now here, amen, the old Philip Cook just wants to preach about this because I truly believe, amen, that when we leave this world, those with the Holy Ghost, those that are born of God, those, amen, that have been baptized and buried, those that have an understanding of salvation and know Him according to the Word of God, I believe that angels will escort us into the presence of God. Amen. Now Paul said to live as Christ, to die as gain. Paul wasn't talking about a grave. He was talking about glory. Amen. I understand that there's a coming, uh, uh, that the Lord is coming back. There's a rapture of a church. There's a millennium. And then ultimately heaven and earth are going to pass away. Amen. And then all things are going to be fulfilled. And we know that New Jerusalem is going to come down as a bride adorned for her. I get all of that. But let me tell you this. Amen. If we could understand this today. 
that when we leave this world, if you have a relationship with God, you're put in contact with him. How many believe that? And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man died and was buried. For all of the differences between these two men, there is one great similarity that they both share. And I want us to consider this today. They both died. Did you know that we will all inherit the same size piece of property? That's a fact. I, I'm, I'll, I'll never forget, I was called to price a job and, and went out here in Kentucky, as a matter of fact, and uh, went out near Sturgis, and I was called there. They were doing a teardown on a house. And they were wanting to understand what kind of wood that they had, if it needed to be reclaimed, if they had any money. But they showed me in the backyard of that house that there was actually a slave quarters back behind that house. And, and, and then they began to show me that a cemetery not far off to where the rich man was buried in his plot and the slaves were buried in their plot. And, and I stood there and I couldn't help but to recognize the similarity between the rich man and the poor man. That it doesn't matter who you are. And it doesn't matter the amount of dollars you got in your bank account. And it doesn't matter the people you may know. And it doesn't matter the influence you have. And it doesn't matter what position you have or what title you hold. Death comes to every one of us. Not a single person in this room, unless the rapture happens to take us out of here, death will come upon every one of us. Now, that's not a shouting uh, a situation. I, I understand that. You know, I've heard the story about the preacher, you know, that looked out the congregation and said, how many want to go to heaven? Amen. And everybody raised their hand. And then he said, how many want to go today? And everybody raised their hand except one little boy. And then they questioned the little boy. And he said, don't you want to go to heaven today? He said, are you taking a bus to go right now? <laughs> you know, we want to go to heaven. We just don't want to go now. We want to live our life. We want to enjoy some things. We want to worship the Lord in this side of the grave. I get all of that kind of stuff. Amen. But here, I, I, I want to bring some things to mind. Amen. That we need to understand. For all the differences between the two men, there is one great similarity and it's this. They both shared, they both died. The rich man and the poor man died. Ecclesiastes 9 tells us of this. All things come alike to all. There is one event that the righteous and the unrighteous the clean and the unclean, he that sacrificeth and he that sacrificeth not, there is one event unto us all. That is death. Doctors have taken a poll. One upon every one doctor has declared we're going to die. They all, they all stand in agreement. You know, you ever hear that, you know, four out of five dentist survey, you know, you need all kinds of good stuff for your teeth. I'm going to tell you today that you can ask any doctor and regardless of what prognosis you've been given, this is the fact of the matter. We all die. Every single one of us will pass away unless the rapture takes us out of this world. Ecclesiastes 3 tells us to everything there is a season, a time and a purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die. Hebrews 9 and 7, it declares, It is appointed unto men once to die, but after that, the judgment. Amen. In other words, we all have an appointment that we're going to keep. Amen. What are you telling us, preacher? For all of the coming and going that we do, for all of the important appointments, uh, appointments that we keep, there is one appointment that we will not miss. It is the appointed unto men once to die. Amen. I cannot escape that appointment. Amen. And I, I know today there are some that 
have narrowly escaped death in this place. But I'm going to submit today that it was not your time. And when your time comes, it will come. I, 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 I was privileged this past week to get with Brother Kevin and, and he is healing, praise God, thanks to the prayers of the saints. Amen. We're seeing healing in his body. And we rode around and just talked about the Lord and talked about Scripture. And he told me this. He said, he said Phil, he said, I was never scared. He said, not one time through it all. He said, never one time was I the least bit, least bit nervous. He said, because, he said, because God spoke to me and he said, he said, I have children to raise and until those children are raised, he said, I'm going to grant you mercy. And, and he told me, he said, now if God had taken me, he said, I was ready to go. He said, but God made a promise unto me. Let me tell us today, God holds us in his hand and no man can pluck us out. No man can pluck us out. I belong to the Lord. Amen. And the song of Solomon says it like this. I belong to him and he belongs to me. Amen. He holds me in the palm of his hand. He is righteous and good and merciful and king of kings and lord of lords. Oh, I want you to know the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. God understands the way that you take Oh my, I'm here to tell you today, you don't have to walk around fearing. You don't have to walk around in trouble. Amen. Why? Because God is in charge of the righteous. If that don't excite you, then you're unexcitable. Amen. We, we live today in an age of fear. Everybody's worried. For the Eli, but everything. We worry. Amen. What are we going to do if we don't make our bills? What if we... What are we going to do if this don't happen? If that don't happen, if this, let me tell us today. Where are you today? What all has God accomplished in your life to get you to the house of God today? What all has He purposed in you? Amen. That has been brought about by you. Oh, let me tell you today, God is in charge. And today you ain't got nothing to worry about if you're living according to the Word of God. You ought to rejoice in the fact that you're blood-bought, sanctified, saved by the power of the Holy Ghost. And if that don't excite you, you need to get the Holy Ghost. We are all going to die. And it's not a subject that we want to talk about because it is the most painful subject that we could ever talk about. Amen. And, and I'm going to say this today. If, if we are where we need to be with God, it is painful on those that are left. I understand that. Amen. But to those that have gone on, amen, it's gain. That's what Paul said. It's gain. Amen. So we've got to understand today. I've heard some say this, and I stand in total agreement. There's some things worse than death. That's right. If you're living in a saved condition, there's some things worse than death. Job said it like this, For I know that you will bring me to death unto the house of meeting for all the living. In other words, he's going to gather us all together, Brother Kevin, and there's going to be a meeting place. That we will gather in one day. Now I want everyone to understand this. Just as surely as the sun rose today in the east. And it sets today in the west. Let me tell us today. That there's a gathering place. For the saints brother Danny. As a matter of fact this life here. That you and I are looking at is a mirage. We are here for a glimmering moment. I, I'm, I'm going to get into it. Ecclesiastes 5 and 15 said, As man came forth out of his mother's womb, naked shall he return to go as he came and take nothing of his labor. In other words, let me tell you this. I've seen people miss church and miss church and miss church and miss church. Amen. Because they got a thousand things to take care of. And let me tell you, I do understand that the oxen get stuck in the ditch. I, 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 as a pastor, I understand that today. But let me tell you this. The day that you leave this world, somebody will fill your position at the job that you work at. Amen. They won't miss a heartbeat. Amen. There'll be a man the next week drawing a paycheck doing the very same thing you were doing. 
And, and I'm going to tell you this. Amen. Those things that get repositioned for Sunday. I'm going to advise you put it off to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. Amen. If you're called to a birthday party on Sunday night. You ought to let your family know. I'm going to church on Sunday night. You want me to go to a birthday party? Have it on Saturday. My Lord, preach, Brother Cook. Amen. That's the way it ought to be. You ever wondered why in the world people that are non-church want to have every event on Sunday? Let me tell us this. I got a Savior whose name is Jesus. And I love him enough that I got to go to the house of God on Sunday. But you ought to put your foot down and say, I'm going to go to the house of God. I'm going to worship God. I'm going to magnify the Lord. Why? Because that's what God has called me to. Here in Luke 16, the Bible tells us that the rich man and Lazarus both died. And in hell, the Bible says the rich man lifted up his eyes, being in torments. I thought in studying this today that we're living, and I think most of our elders will understand, we're living in a generation that does not fear God. We have entered into a day where people absolutely do not fear God. And and you want to know why some things are going on, Brother Mason, because we're living in a generation of unchurched people that have not heard the word of God from a man of God declaring the judgment of God. I hope today that I'm getting through because I I, I want us to understand, amen, that we have had enough uh, uh, powder puff messages. Uh, we we I, I'm here to tell you, amen. We, we we have comforted and we've lifted up and we've encouraged and and we've built up and and we've given people cotton candy messages. Let me tell you this, amen. It's appointed for man wants to die and then the judgment. What does that tell me? This, amen. You better get right with God because you got an appointment with Him one day. Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the living. God and I want everybody to go to heaven I don't want nobody to be lost but if we don't understand there is a hell to shut amen that I want us to know that if we're not careful we'll go there amen in hell the Bible says the rich man lifted his eyes being in torments everybody say torments not torment not torment Being in torments. Let me explain this today. According to scripture. In this torments. Mark 9 tells us no less than five times. That hell is a place. Where the fire will never be quenched. And the worm dieth not. I don't know about you, but I don't want to go to hell. Matthew 25 and 41, the Bible says this, of the company one will keep in hell. It was created for the devil and his angels, and it will be a place of pure evil. All of those that have denied God besides the devil and his angels will exist in that place. I want us to understand this today. If you think this world is evil, you ain't seen nothing yet. So we've got to understand that if we make a conscious decision to leave the Lord, we've got something waiting on us. And some would say, but Brother Cook, I committed my life to the Lord, amen, back in in 1756. Amen, a hundred and something, two hundred and something years ago, you know, I gave my life to the Lord as a little boy. Did you know that the devil lived in a safe condition in his life? 
Not that he was saved out of anything, amen, but he was made as one of the, the chief cherubims covering the glory of God. Amen. Did you know the devil can look at you and say, I know what it is, amen, to walk in the presence of God. I know what it is to usher in the presence of the Spirit of God. Amen. But let me tell you, he's lost and undone right now. And I want to tell you today, amen, that if you've accepted the Lord as your Savior, I congratulate you. But I want to tell you today, you better be born again. You better have a relationship with God. You better know what it means to be saved if you're going to escape the evil place my, I'm trying hard not to preach today but I want us to understand that when we get to a place that the preacher has to encourage us to worship the Lord I want you to know we forgot our salvation when we get to a place that somebody's got to say come on saints you can do it magnify the Lord oh you ought to be on your feet amen when the harps are playing and the music is playing and people are worshiping God why because you are saved by grace you don't deserve what you've been given I don't deserve it none of us deserve it we live today, and I don't mean to beat a generation up, but we live today, Brother Danny, in an age of entitlement. People have been given so many things that they feel that they're entitled to everything they've been given and everything they're going to receive. Let me tell us this. The only way that we have been entitled to glory land and a life that is above hell is because of a Savior whose name is Jesus Christ that paid the price and penalty for your sin on a hill called Mount Calvary. I know today that I'm jumping ahead in my lesson. and I want us to understand this today. I mean, hell is a place of unquenchable thirst. Here in Luke, the Bible says, with a great gulf fixed between heaven and hell for eternity that the condemned would look upon those that inherited the kingdom but could not cross it. Could you imagine for eternity? The Bible said the certain rich man begged God, begged Abraham. He said, let Lazarus dip his finger in water and bring me a drop of water. And you would say, that's bad. No, that was bad 2,000 years ago. And here we are 2,000 years later, Brother Fisher, and the rich man has still not had a drink. Is that He still not got that drop of water while looking at Lazarus beside a river of life and flowing water. Could you imagine? In 2 Thessalonians 1 and 9, the Bible tells us this, that hell is a flaming fire of vengeance separating the presence of God and the glory of God and His power from us forever. The worst thing about hell is this, is that everyone that is sentenced to hell is excommunicated from God. I'm, I'm telling you, that's hard for the cook. Why are you preaching so hard? Let, let me tell us this. Because if we don't preach about it, we may go there. And I want you to know that nobody in this house is going there unless you cross my prayers. I'm praying for everybody in this place. God, don't let nobody go to hell. I want you to know that if you decide to go to hell, you're going to have to crawl over this old preacher's body that is pleading the blood of Christ into your life. Not that I'm anything special, because I'm not. 
But I want you to know this, that I'm pleading the blood in your life and I'm begging God, I need you to be merciful to the stubborn, to the aggravating, to the wounded, to the mad, to those that are not doing right, to those that are not living right, to those that are being rebellious, to those that are not getting it right. Let me tell you this, I don't want to miss heaven. I don't want to go to hell. I don't know about you, but I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to be lost. I don't want to go to this place I want to tell you today this world is just temporary that's the truth of the matter it's a temporary place church I don't want to go to hell Paul told the church at Philippi this he said work out your own salvation with fear and trembling why fear and trembling I'm going to tell you something, that if you believe the eternally saved doctrine, then that scripture right there would blow your mind. David said it like this, Lord, blot not my name out, nor remove thy spirit. I want you to know this, you can be in a saved condition, and you can backslide and get away from the presence of God. And the thing about backsliding is it's always over something minor. Every time it's some, it starts over some little thing that grows in our life until it consumes us. Let's look at the rich man just for a moment. If we were to do a comparison study of the rich man. The Bible does not tell us that he gained his wealth unlawfully or unethically. How about that? What else do we know about him? It doesn't tell us that it was a sin for the rich man to wear purple or fare sumptuously. Thank God. The Bible does not tell us that the rich man was a fraud or disposed to drinking or living riotously. He wasn't that we know of. But what it does tell us is that the rich man knew who Lazarus was. And Lazarus knew who the rich man was. I want you to consider this for a moment. The Bible tells us of Lazarus and it said that he wished for the crumbs from the rich man's table. But yet we find nothing written about the rich man concerning Lazarus. Do you want to know why? Because there was no thought or idea of Lazarus to the rich man. In all of his coming and going and building businesses and doing, I want you to know this, that the rich man never considered Lazarus that we can find written in the Word of God. He never considered him at least in what we could find. The rich man literally had to walk past Lazarus on most days coming to and fro from his home. And never once does the Bible tell us that he fed him or clothed him or comforted him or took him in. Now, I I do understand that this was a different dispensation of time. I don't know if it was in the law, the age of conscience. I don't know what dispensation that it was. But I do know that grace had not yet entered into the picture. But we do know this, that this man brought, he broke an immoral law with God in that he did not consider others less fortunate than themselves. My, how about that? And I think... How many times do we not consider the less fortunate? How many times do we walk past others that have not received what we've received? Hear me today. I'm proposing something. I believe that more people will be lost not just by what they did, but by omitting those things that needed to be done. Not accomplishing those purposes that God has called them to accomplish. 
not doing those things. Can, can any say, that, that's my struggle, Brother Curtis? That's, that's my struggle. No hands. I know I, we're not all jumping to our feet on that one. Brother Eli, that's, that's our struggle. That's, that's old Brother Cook's struggle. Those things that I would do, I do not. And those things that I would not do, those I do. He said, I find him there's a war going on in the inside of me. It, it's, I and you and we struggle with omitting those things that need to be fulfilled in our life. Amen. James chapter 4 tells us this. Go to now. You that say today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. It's all about money. If you, if, if you go back to Jesus' teaching about the end time, he said it like this, Sister Shasta. He said, as it was in the days of Noah and as it was in the days of Lot, he said, so shall it be in those days. And he said this, they were buying and selling. He said they were given in marriages. In other words, they were more, <coughs> they were more focused on finance and relationships than they were on the Lord. Than they were on the Lord. So we have to understand today what scripture is pointing us towards. James again chapter 4. Go to now you that say today or tomorrow. We will go into such a city and continue there a year. And buy and sell and get gain. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time. And then vanisheth away. In other words we're here today. And the next moment we are gone. I, I saw that there was a funeral downtown. And there are most days a city big enough now. But there was a good man from what I understood. I, I don't know about his spiritual condition. But many in here knew him. Rev told me this man. That literally had a heart attack and just left this world. After he had been with friends and been with family. And, and just all of a sudden. And I thought, Lord, I wonder if that man had any inkling. As to the thought of his day. As to understanding that moment of time that God had given him. Amen. To make his situation right between him and God. It, said, it says this. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow for what is your life. It is even a vapor that appeareth. For a little time and then vanisheth away. And then scripture goes on to say this. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good. And doeth it not to him is sin. Let me tell us today. If we are not careful we will hang on to things in our life. And they destroy, until they destroy our person. We will not be obedient unto God in our life to the point that we can miss heaven because we didn't get something accomplished or something done in sin nature. I, I, I hope everybody's understood. We're not saved by works. We're saved by grace. But let me tell you this. You're lost by sin. Is that understood? Amen. We're, we're lost by sin. So we understand what's going on here. It said, therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him it is sin. I wonder today how terrible it would be to miss heaven and go to hell because of something that I missed doing. Something maybe that I triggered in my life. That because of something I didn't do, something else happened. And then something else happened. And then something else happened. And then pretty soon we can look back at our trajectory and we can say, I missed it on this day. I didn't get it right this day. I wonder, and, and I'm, I'm just trying to teach this instead of preaching because today I really want this to sink into people. I wonder in hell how many people will say, I remember that altar call. 
that was given on that day. And I didn't go. I remember when the preacher held on to the altar call. And he wouldn't leave it for a few minutes. And he begged me, please, please come to an altar. Please get it right. Please get right today. I, I wonder how many, because of some busy something going on in their life, they missed the most important appointment that they could have ever had in this world which was an appointment of repentance in their life. I'm talking to apostolic Holy Ghost-filled saints. Amen. Church, what did the pastor say to me today is this. I've got to get it right. I've got to get it right. Is it a popular message? No, it's not. But above anything else in this world, I have to get my relationship with God Right? Why? Because my eternity depends upon it. How terrible it would be to miss heaven because I didn't get something right in my life. Mark 1 and 15 says this, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. You can be lost simply because you missed repenting time. Acts 17 and 30, and the times of this ignorance God winked at. But now commendeth all men, everybody say all men. All men everywhere to repent. But I got the Holy Ghost 20 years ago. But have you repented today? Can you shake everybody's hand loving one another? Amen. Have you got it all right in your life? Do you see what I'm saying? I mean, is there something there that is hidden that no man can see that you struggle in letting go? Let me tell you this. Eternity is too valuable to miss over a moment of not repenting. Oh, God, I wish this would, would come across our hearts today the way I believe God intends for it to. I don't want to go to hell. And I believe you can live for God. I believe that if you're not careful, your living for God can become a shadow. I believe that you can live for God until you do this thing so mechanically that you'll forget the person of God and you'll forget the Holy Ghost and you'll forget the Spirit of God and you'll forget anointing and you'll forget blessing and, and then you'll look up in a moment and you'll say, what's wrong with me? How did I get here? What, what happened in my life? How in the world has this transpired? Let me tell you, because of something left out in your life, a moment of repentance that the whole thing, the trajectory could have been fixed. My God. What would it have costed the rich man to care for Lazarus? I don't know what other condition of the heart that there was. Brother Gregory, what could it have costed a rich man to care for a man that had dogs licked his sores? You know, I I know today that we live in the land of beggars anymore. We live in times that people come. You know, we've looked and he said that. I got smoking a cigarette. I ain't giving a five dollar bill to him. I know because I've said it before. It's all right. I, I get it. And I understand if you don't work, you don't eat. I, I get all that. I'm all, I, I understand all that. But I wonder how many angels... You know, the Bible said we entertain angels unaware. I wonder how many we walked away from in our life that said, I need something, and God has whispered to us. And then said, You know, you know, if you just go back to him, you could convert him, you could you could preach to him the gospel. How many times of opportunity that, that God has spoken to you for somebody else? Have you missed it? And will you miss God and go to hell over such an issue? I believe the trajectory can lead that way. Does everyone understand?
understand that? I believe that he that knoweth to do good. Sin always has to do about knowing. Do, do we all understand that? Sin has to do about knowing. But when you consider the fact, when you look at the issues, when you look at the things that are undone in our lives, Brother Moore, I wonder, I wonder what we've missed. I wonder if the spiritual fog that we're in, the summary, are because something was missed. And now the trajectory of your life has been altered. Because something was missed like the rich man and Lazarus. As I said, I, I don't know where all his heart was, but I believe his was in his riches. Luke 13, Jesus said, I tell you, nay, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Stand with me today. I know that we're having a missions bidding thing in a little bit. I, I know that we've praised and worshipped God. I know that we've glorified the presence of God. But I want to tell you today, I don't want to go to hell. And I would ask you today, if you decide to go there, what is it that attracts you to that place? Because I can find... Brother Walden, nothing good there that I want. You know, I understand the statement that Paul made when he said, flee youthful lusts. I get that. And you want to know why? It's because I'm having more birthdays, you know. And Brother Jonathan, believe it or not, they come faster now. Mine come twice as fast as yours. I don't know why, but it does. And I've wondered, why is it that old folks drive around so slow and make me so aggravated? <laughs> I want to tell you why. Because they've got some things that I haven't got. And they understand some things that I don't understand. And they don't have as much time as I've got, at least I believe. And they're taking their moments more slowly. And they're looking at the birds and the trees. God's creation. I want to say this today. You don't know the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man cometh. It has been the arguing point for 2,000 years. There were those that preached that Paul had to get on to that were already preaching the rapture had happened. And he scolded them good for it. But I'm going to tell us truthfully today. In the hospital uptown, he's coming for some today. In the community out here of 19,000 people, Brother Danny, I believe that he'll come for one today. And I would submit that it's to one that never expected it. Never thought it. They thought they had eternity. They thought they had years. And let me tell the younger ones, let me tell you something. We don't know the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man cometh. But I know this. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go above anything else in this life, anything else in this world, I don't want to be lost. And I would ask you today, would you do a self-inspection if you don't do it for anybody but this old preacher? Would you look on the inside and see is there anything that is forgotten anything that has been missed something that has been swept under the rug something that you may not even be aware of I'm going to tell you what I pray 
God, if it's there, let me see it. Let me see it that I can fix it. I'm going to open these altars today. I believe today everybody, everybody needs to find a place and talk to the Lord for a moment. Make your calling and election sure today. If you haven't spoken tongues in a while, you need to do so today. If you haven't heard the voice of God in a while, you need to do so today. If you're living in a state of aggravation, you need to repent of your sins today. If you've got unforgiveness in your life, you need to repent of your sins today. If there's something that you've said or done, if there's something that that may lead you to a wrong trajectory, I'm going to tell you today, this is the day of salvation. Right now is the moment that God has made for you to be saved. And all you've got to do is say, Lord, create within me, God, a clean heart and a right spirit. Sing a chorus, yes.